All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada. All business, all winter. Welcome to Real Life, episode number 12, uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm Jason Strudwick. This is brought to you by Finning. Our good friends over at Finning help put this all together. We'll be uh, taking you through uh, the next little while here along with Jason Greger. He's the host of uh, TSN 1260, the Jason Greger Show, every day from 2 till 6. I'm Jason Strudwick. Can you hear me every night on TV? They put 10s on TV, apparently, between 5 and 7, talking all things local and Edmonton. Wanye Gretz is in uh where is he exactly he's in, in he's, he's in mexico he is there and uh, allegedly right all of the internet is down in his building right now so the compound is in lockdown <laughs> so he is uh he's right. here in spirit so his the whole world wide web is done in his area of mexico but i guess he doesn't have uh just a phone or a wi-fi he can't he doesn't have that ability i suppose I guess that not, technology. No. isn't he a computer nerd <laughs> well I think he runs computer stuff. I'm not sure he knows how to set any of it up. Right? He's not a programmer by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So right. he just likes to say, "Hi, computer, internet world. Let's be friends." Dear, dear Siri or Suri, what's her name? Siri or Suri? I don't know. Account. I don't have a Siri in my house or a Siri. I've never. I don't know. I don't have. Well, one. do you have an iPhone? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think it's Suri or Siri. You can say, "Hey Siri, how old are I?" Or whatever. They'll have. She has answers to everything. If you have to ask how old you are, well, I think you're losing the life battle. That's a bad example. I'm trying to think <laughs> on my feet here, Griggs. Wow. <laughs> and, hey, you, you should get used to no You should get used to having no internet. You're you're making yes. your first trip now. We I, I would like to inform the audience because at first I thought this is some sort of joke. Yes, I was like, is this Go April ahead. Fool's coming up? No. So you're you're going to uh, Beijing. 
That's correct. Well, no, first I'm going to Hong Kong. Hong I'm, Kong. I'm going to teach uh, hockey uh, to the uh, Kung Pao Hockey Group, a bunch of children, kids between 8 and 15. Do you get Kung Pao chicken with that? You know, it's funny. I, I actually am looking forward to it. I read that they have really good Chinese food in Hong Kong. So, uh, oh, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> shocking. So I'm curious, though. Yeah. Like, Do they just look and say... They want to learn how to ring the puck around the boards or, you know, like what, what are they, how do they decide out of all the former NHL players that you're the one that's coming over to teach them hockey? Are there better skilled players than me that play in the NHL? Perhaps. Uh, were there uh, more uh, guys with better personalities? Probably not. And are there guys with better looking? Probably not. Unless you're talking Henrik Lundqvist. So when you add all those things up, you know, a third, a third, a third out of a, maybe a 33%, what do I get for skill? 25% maybe? 23. Well, in 23%. Men's league, in men's league, you get high. But right. NHL. You know, then personality, then looks. I mean, those are definitely uh, in the 30s. If it's not a 66, yeah, you're getting about 30. I so I'm up, I'm up pretty high. So, I mean, when you average those things out, they're getting a pretty good product coming over there. But it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we're going to, we're, we were there. I'm actually going with my mom. So it's like amazing race with my mom. We're going to take this trip together. And um, so is she your agent on this trip? She is she is the chronicler of the events. She's going to take a lot of, uh, of, of footage and video, and then she's going to uh, help. Uh, she's got all the plans for the tour. You know, my mom is amazing. She's got everything. We're, we're taking a bus tour here. We're doing that. We're doing this, and then because I'm on the ice every morning from seven forty-five to nine uh, to nine forty-five with these the kids. Then a little bit of time afterwards. Then we have the day free to go do stuff and hang out with the kids, and uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you've it, never been to Hong Kong or Beijing? Have you? No, I've never had. No, I never have. No, no, no. I, I have. have uh, to be honest, I have zero interest. To go to china really why not uh, i don't know it's not a lot of people in confined spaces like yeah. unless it's a nightclub it's not really my thing <laughs> well i don't think my mom and i are going to nightclubs. i know but that's what i'm saying i like, get the sense right. you walk down like even like i love new york for a few days but yeah. after a while i'm just like man like yeah. it's tough to get away from people and everybody's close i don't know maybe the farm background growing up i like yeah. to have a, a little bit of space so it's going to be tight and we're, we're going to be there for, we're in hong kong for nine days uh, 15 hours ahead so it's going to take a long time they say it takes a day for every hour of time change and then after that we're going to beijing for five days and the reason we're going to beijing i, I love uh, seeing new things but i've always wanted to see the great wall of china always that's fair and so we're going to go my mom and i we've got a, a through a friend it's amazing how your friends have no friends and they've got us hooked up uh, with the chinese tourist service they're going to take us out to the great wall for the day and uh, walk around up there check it all out i am just uh I'm so excited to see the Great Wall. I just, to think that something that big was created, you know, to, to keep one people out and other people in, just, it'll be amazing to see that. And I, I'm, I, I wonder if Trump will be going there just to get a first-hand look. Trumpelstein? Yeah. yeah he maybe. Might, he might, he maybe. might want to check out. How do they build this wall exactly? <laughs> Could we follow suit? Is this possible? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. We're, um, it, it, I'm really looking forward to this trip. So the good news is I'm going to try next week um to to hook up with you guys on the podcast from from, from beijing no this will be hong kong the okay. first one will be hong kong yeah in beijing i don't think they'll be allowed to hook up beijing's gonna be a little bit tougher um no, there's to... no facebook or twitter for you no they have their own stuff and then uh, i've been told my my email my gmail won't work um and so it's gonna we're gonna be kind of uh you know radio black a little bit there we're gonna have nothing but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a great trip i can't i just i'm so excited and my mom and i tomorrow but you know can you imagine you're going two weeks with your mom uh, somewhere sharing rooms and it'd be just like when I was 10 again. Yeah. I'm sure she'll love that. Oh, yeah. it'll be good. This, you can carry your bag. So for your good yeah. son, I, well, that's and, I said that we would definitely share that bag duty. No, share. <laughs> <laughs>
but no, honestly, how did they get in touch with you to come be the hockey instructor for yep. the cow? What is it? The Kung Pao chicken kids? Kung Pao hockey. Kung Pao, Kung Pao hockey. hockey. Yep. So we, um, I have a D-man camp I do every summer, uh, every spring and summer. And so I was advertising on Facebook and I just got a note all of a sudden one day from a gentleman, Michael. Hey, would you ever want to come teach hockey in Hong Kong? Nice. I said, sure. So this is over about 18 months ago. Uh, I met with him uh, last November here in Edmonton. And we kind of hammered out well, what it would look like, what we do, the number of kids. And um, so now we're heading over there. And, and how many kids are you teaching? There's going to be about 25. Um, and is this is all defensemen too? No, no. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's eight to 15, all different kinds of, of ability. Um, we're, we're at the, this rink in uh, Hong Kong. It's on the eighth floor. And it's about, my understanding is about two thirds the size of a regular rink. And so we have 25 kids on Which the, is you good. Know, you don't need the massive rink. No, but to spread them out depends. You know, the challenge will be, you know, A, I guess, you know, what, what, uh, what are we looking at for skill level? You know, because there could be a bunch of different skill levels, and especially 8 to 15. Even if they're all very skilled for their age, you're going to have a challenge kind of doing different drills for different kids. But it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to the challenge. And, you know, my hope is that we get to spend time with the kids and their parents and get to know them and just kind of, you know, exchange ideas. Because they, they don't, what I've been told, they don't really understand hockey culture. It'd be like if you and I started a cricket club here, we could figure out the rules, but we don't know the culture. And so what they want to build is a culture of hockey there and understanding, you know, what hockey is all about, why you love it. And then people get buying into the sport. Now, which of the 11 jerseys that you wore professionally <laughs> will you be wearing while you're an instructor? Because I'm assuming to, to garner the instant respect of the kids, you're going to show out on the ice and right. you're likely going to be coming out. So are you going to be wearing a Rangers jersey? Right. Are you wearing an Oilers right. jersey? Canucks? Sweden, Switzerland, Chicago, like Islanders, Kentucky. Well, there are those that would say that some of my greatest hockey was played in the Hungarian Super League when I dominated that league 11 points in seven games. Uh, people still talk about it in Hungary. It's, it's up there uh, with many other big events in that country. So, so I might, well, I might. I haven't decided. I have to decide, you know, and I'll bring it over. But it'll be, um, I am bringing an Oilers jersey. And the Oilers and the Oil Kings were incredible. I, I reached out to them and said, hey, I'm going over to do uh, this camp with some kids. Like, no problem. And they filled up a huge bag full of stuff to take over. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the Oilers are great. So we'll, we'll hand out that stuff. But I'm just really interested to know what do they know about hockey? Like, what, what? And then sit down and just talk to them. Because it's, you know, hockey to me is more than just the, the, the X's and O's. It's about loving a sport, which is, is, is unlike any other in the world. And that's an interesting angle is to look to how you ingrain a love of a sport. And I think to love any sport or to love anything, you've got to do it more often. You've got to become embedded right. where when the kids, whether they're playing street hockey and you teach them about how, yeah, this is how you play it on the ice, but you can practice a lot of things off of the right. ice and maybe play mini sticks and all sorts of different parts of hockey where that's what you like. It's not just being on the ice that's fun. It's the whole element of hockey in all different forms, whether it's a video right. game, whether yeah. it's mini sticks, whether it's road hockey, whether it's shinny, pond hockey, and then, of course, in the game. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that, that'll be actually quite interesting to see how, in, in a span of a week, you can necessarily teach them that. Well, you look at what's happening in uh, Arizona, California. You know, when Wayne Gretzky went down there, there, there was probably a lot of adults and some kids, let's say 13, 14, decided to try to play hockey. Now, not a lot of good hockey players came out of that, but those kids, those boys and girls, they grew up to be adults and they loved the game and they put their kids in hockey very young. Now look at the kids that are coming out of California. I mean, we don't have to look much further than Toronto. See Austin Matthews, a hockey player that good out of Arizona. Could you have thought of that 25 years ago? 
Dallas, St. Louis. I mean, that's all because there was a group of people that loved the sport and then they, they got their sons and daughters into it. So I'm thinking for China, for my, this experience here, I'm thinking they want to get those kids starting to love that game so that then they can get their kids going into it at uh, the next generation. Well, it's a really good tie-in because I think it's good timing on what one thing that you want to talk about today that I'm curious if you will teach the kids because you're fired up today oh. about Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey in Calgary. You've got a real beef with Johnny Hockey right now. Listen, I it, the, since the first time I saw uh, Gaudreau play, I've loved I love the way he plays. But there is a time where there's no doubt you have to be you have to be somewhat calm and just play your games. But there's other times where you have to get your own ice. You have to earn your own ice. And for this entire season, teams have been going after Johnny Goudreau. Whether you like it or not, that's the truth. We go back to when Eric Stahl slashed him, broke his finger. And since he's come back, people continue to slash him. And then the the other night against Toronto, uh, Leo Komarov absolutely rocks him. Clean hit, by the way. Yeah, clean hit, rocks him. Big, big hit. Johnny leaves, comes back, but he was okay after the game. You know, he said he was all right. He has to get some respect on that ice. And it, there's no doubt, I've heard him talk about wanting to have skill and I'll let my game do the talking. But at some point, you have to push back. All good players have to push back. My advice to Johnny Gujo would be this. When the next person that slashes you, I don't care if it is Connor McDavid or all the way down to, uh, you know, to uh, Cody McLeod of Nashville, you turn around and you slash or spear that person as hard as you can. You let them have it. And just so everyone knows in the league that you're, you're done. You're not going to take it anymore. And he's a small guy. All his teammates will jump in. Just spear the guy. He'll go down and just skate right to the box because you're probably going to get suspended. But you have to earn some of your ice. You can't just accept to take it all the time. It's, it's frustrating as a teammate. That is what I would tell him. Well, that makes sense, Struds. Look at Patrick Kane. Now, he doesn't fight anybody. He hasn't right. been suspended. But Kane carries his stick a little high, and every now and then, yeah. he'll give a guy a cross-check. But you look at the Oilers playing the Flames on Saturday night. Yeah. Kachuk hits Dreisaitl, yeah. who's a big man, 215 yeah. pounds, really hasn't been abused. Who came in first? Not Milan Lucic, not Darnell Nurse or Greiber right. or Cassin or any of their tough guys. Connor McDavid comes right. in, gives him a, a shot to the face. Nothing comes of it, but you got to stick up for each other. Right. right, it's a fact. You got. I've, I've said it for years. The orders never stuck up for each other. Right. Used, Taylor Hall used to be a guy that got hit lots, and we were like, you got. At some point, you got to give it back. And then remember, he, he got he got suspended for two games yeah. when he uh, took a run at Clutterbuck, and yeah, you know, sure, Neen, what have you. But you didn't see him get abused as much after that. Players, yeah. it's like anything in life. They'll test your limits to see how much you're willing to take. And if you never push back, you can't always be Johnny Gaudreau looking around, uh, Mr. Referee, can you right. fight my battles? Or Furlan, can you fight my battles or anybody else? At some point, you got to stand up for yourself. You have to. And I think those are great examples you gave. And I think that's the biggest change we've seen from the Oilers. Over the past 10 years, the Oilers have had tough players, no doubt. But a nuclear deterrent doesn't work anymore. You need to have everyone working together to, 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 to do that. And that game on Saturday night, I saw Ryan Eugene Hopkins go in a couple times after guys and push guys back. And that is not, I don't believe, in Nuge's DNA. But he's doing it because everyone's doing it around him. Dreisaitl, McDavid, these aren't your, your, your bottom feeders. This is not Eric Greiba and Cassian doing it. These are your top guys. And when they do it, that means everyone's bought into it. And that, to me, says one thing and one thing only about the Oilers. They are truly a team and they're playing for each other. Well, and another guy, Monday night game. Look at Mitch Marner and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sure. They got a lot of young, skilled players. Yeah. 
They're playing well. They're winning. And Calgary's a playoff team right now. It's not like they're in the basement or anything like that. But I don't see the same cohesiveness there. In Toronto, Nazem Kadri stirs up a lot of stuff, stands up for himself. And even Mitch Marner, who doesn't take a lot of hit. But I don't see Mitch Marner just turning around every time someone touches him and looking at the official. And I just think that's become a habit of Johnny Gaudreau's that he has to stop. Because, I don't know, Marner and Gaudreau, if either one of them's a buck 60, (laughs) that'd be fantastic. And you don't have to be big to just have some going. And doesn't mean you have to fight. And I don't even think it means, Strauss, that you got to go spear the guy's nuts out like yeah. you were suggesting. I just think you got to at least show some willingness. Right. Give a guy a cross-check back. Now, the case of Komarov last night, he's down on the ice. I expect, yeah. hey, there's nothing he can do there. But even then, you know what? You can skate over to the guy. Right. Right? You, sure, he's that one was maybe excessive. But a lot of the other little slashes and stuff, like the Eric Stahl, I think I saw the video, it was like 20 slashes. And yeah. sure, A, the NHL either... If they're, if they're not going to crack down on it, they're clearly showing the players, we're not going to crack down on it. So it's up to you to do it. So then go do it. Right. I agree. And Just, if you're Johnny Gaudreau, right. you can say, you guys won't do it. So I'm yeah. going to have to take hold of myself, which I kind of believe how it should be anyway. Yeah. It's still a man's game. You got to stand up for yourself. And I say that for everyone. I think you got to turn around and push back. It just it's It's unacceptable the way it's going now. And you... I know that we're trying to get away from fighting, which is fine. But you have to have that pushback. You have to push back and show that people are in it. I played with this guy named Greg Hogan. Now, Greg Hogan was a very skilled defenseman in the Western League. Then he went up and played in the NHL for a number of years, but he wasn't a big guy, like maybe 5'9", something like that. Great tattoos, actually. On his leg, he had a tattoo of two aliens having sex. That's the most unique tattoo I've ever seen. Anyways, that's beside the point. He was my partner for quite a few, quite a, quite a while in Vancouver. And, you know, oftentimes I'd get in scrums. That's kind of what I did. And I, was, I always kind of felt bad, like, Hoggy, you know, like, are you okay? He's like, don't worry about it. I use the duck bill. And I'm like, what's the duck bill? So he showed me. What he did is he turned his sticks upside down. So he held it by the blade and he grabbed it by the bottom of his blade, uh, of his hockey stick, and he'd point the blade out. So when, when you came in to hit him, he'd be pushing you with one hand that was free, but the other hand was the duck bill. And he'd be jabbing people in the face. And he's like, Strutty, after a couple times, they don't come in anymore because, well, one, they know that you know, you're right there, but also I'm stabbing in the face with my stick. And he goes, I never get a penalty. The rest, I'm just like, oh, I didn't know I was holding my stick that way. And you get your own space. That is what Johnny Goudreau can do. It's an, it doesn't look like he's doing it on t- intentionally, but he knows. And Greg Hoggett knew he was doing it on purpose. The duck bill. I like yeah, that. Yeah. It worked really well. Why and not? And it creates space for yourself. You have to create space. You know, and maybe I'm being a little overdramatic suggesting the spear, but at some point you have to make a big statement and say, this is it. This is my water. I'm done. I'm not going to accept getting pushed around anymore. And Johnny's a great player. He's having a tough year. I think teams know they can cave in on him and play him very aggressively and be rough on him. Now, it's up to his teammates to get him some space, to push back, but at some point, Johnny's got to do it. And I would ask this question, Struds, and I think it's there at every level. You you always know there's the guys in your team that you're going to want to stand up for naturally. But at some point, if the guy never stands up for himself, you're kind of like, well, geez, buddy, like this other guy's a runt on the other team. Like You can stand up to one of them. Yeah. You know, sure, we, we get that you're not going to fight Leo Komarov or Eric Stahl, for goodness sakes. But, right. you know, there, there's other guys in the league that you could at least give a stick to. I, I remember playing in the minors with this guy. And uh, I, listen, we had some tough guys. We were fighting a lot. And that was my job. I had no problem. I was doing it. But then a little guy on the other team was chirping me and some of the other guys. And I just looked around the bench like, can no one else stand up and like... Can no one else go and take care of this guy? He's, you know, we have a bunch of midget. This guy's a midget. Why can't you go and fight? And uh, he said, I don't, I don't do that. And I was like, oh, my God. And after that, I turned a blind eye to a few times when he got run because I was like, you know what? If you're not going to help me out, like you expect me to help you out all the time, forget it. I'm done. 
And it, that's how it works. And now the Oilers, it is so much fun to watch how those guys stick together. And that is, that to me, it showed they're galvanized and they're ready to rumble. And I think this team, I mean, I'm not saying anything surprising, but they are a team. And that's the first time in a long time I think we can say that. Well, you can be a team when you win, but also when you've got the other parts, you've got right. more of them. So right. there's a combination of a lot of things. They've got a lot of other guys who play hard right. across the board. And, and that helps. And if push comes to shove, you know what? When one of your uh, highest paid guys can fight the heavyweights in the league right. in Milan Lucic, and then you got Cassian, and then you got Maroon, the other guys, no, I don't have to fight the heavyweights, but it just makes everybody a little bit bigger. It was, yeah. you know, winning teams have it. They've always had it. I find Chicago was a team that never got pushed around, and they didn't right. have a bunch of bruisers, but they never got pushed around. No, there's... Right? Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, they would take suspensions. They didn't care. No. They would take a suspension. David Backus, you want to keep running our guys? Brent yeah. Seabrook's like, in the playoffs, Yeah, I will run you. I'll take a three-game suspension. We're good enough to win. Yeah. Right? Not many teams would do those sorts no. of things. But you're sending a message. Yeah. Like, do you remember when Duncan Keith was at Elbow? Was it Danny Sedin? D- Danny Sedin at Center Ice. Oh, my God. Five-gamer. That, that was... He got full value for that five games. And I'm not advocating... Uh, that that type of play, but they're sending a message. And you go back even as far back when uh, Dallas won their first Stanley Cup, and you remember uh, Jeremy Olmrick was running around, and Darren Hatcher. Darren Hatcher just buries him, and what he got like took out his knee. Did he get ten games or no? He broke his jaw. I thought uh, he broke his. Well, jaw. there was the one time he took his knee out, and then the other time he broke his jaw. That was toward the end of the season. They started with him out the playoffs, and now same thing. I'm like, I I, I want to say it was ten games. It might be a little high, but I remember thinking. Wow, well done, because that was you got every dollar's worth of that suspension. But that set the tone for that team, saying, Here we are, we're not messing around. We'll take a break. When we come back, yes. a special guest is special. going to join us. We're going to have an international look at hockey yeah. next on the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Finning, Jason Gregor, and Jason Strudwick. It's 2 a.m., it's been snowing since 2 p.m. Most people are snug in their beds, dreaming of a winter wonderland. But not you, you're out there pushing winter around getting it out of the way, taking care of business with your reliable, efficient, and affordable cat skid steer from Finning. From just $5.36 a month with the all-business lease, heated seat included. The all-business skid steer for all seasons. Call one finning today. Thanks a lot to our friends at uh, Finning. Uh, welcome back. We now are bringing a gentleman uh, who is uh, from the lounge down under. Is that a good accent? Uh, was that a North Korean? Or what kind of accent was I doing? This is Josh, uh, part of Oilers Nation. Josh, that was a bad Australian accent, right? It's very rare that you'll find a Canadian that can do a good Aussie accent, to be fair. <laughs> well, let's hear your Canadian accent. What's that all about, eh? <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, to follow the Gregor stance, oh, fuck, buddy. <laughs> now... I, we're interested, and, and you're obviously from uh, Australia, and uh, I'm going to a place that I would think have a little bit more hockey, maybe, know-how, and I'm going to Hong Kong, and there's probably a little bit more hockey know-how than down in Australia, but what is it like in, 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 in Australia, and, and like, what was your introduction to hockey down there? Well, it's interesting. There is a national league uh, in Australia, which is kind of unique. It's not very good hockey. Yeah, but it is a national league, so that's it's it's great for the sport. How many teams is that? I think there's six or seven teams in the competition yeah. across the whole country. Across the country, yeah. So most of the most of the uh, the capital cities across the country. So really, it's kind of unique. It, it's 
it's it's mostly expat Canadians that have come over and wanted a few extra dollars to play the sport they love and they can do with their eyes closed. So that's the kind of unique thing. Now, I don't know how good this league is, but I had a buddy, Bolts was his nickname. <laughs> and Strud's like, I kind of joked about you. Like, he played with us. He only ever played midget. He even played junior. And yeah. this guy rang the puck around the boards like no other. <laughs> he went to New Zealand and was like a star in the New Zealand <laughs> league. Like, it was unbelievable. He would send us, he was yeah. getting skate sponsored. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's like, well, no, I've been playing lots and practicing. So I was like, well, maybe he's improved. He came home, like, he was gone for seven years. We never saw him. One year he comes home, he comes out and plays with us. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's just as terrible as he was when he left. <laughs> and he's been playing in the New Zealand league. And you're thinking, God, I could have went over there. I could have lit it up in the New Zealand league. So if there's anybody out there, you know, honestly, like you're a junior B player, you're a junior A player, you go over to New Zealand yeah. league and probably Australia, you'd be killing it. Like I'm yeah. telling you, he was living the life of like an NHL player player yeah. in New Zealand, right? The, because A, they didn't, which is funny because they play Aussie rules football or rugby and they're yeah. freaking bananas on there. Yeah. But in hockey, most of the guys were rather timid. And yeah. so Bolts kind of had a reputation of being a wild Canadian, right? <laughs> and I was like, and Bolts, you know, every now and then he dropped the gloves. He was okay, tough for sure. But yeah. he wasn't like, you know, it wasn't tough like you or yeah. anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But he had a reputation. And man, this guy couldn't wheel a tire down the hill, but he was wheeling chicks out of the bar <laughs> all the time. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so I'm telling any anybody out there, yeah. I would recommend. And, and Josh can probably test. Now, Josh, Josh was a star in AFL. Football in Australia, right? He, he doesn't want to pump his own tires, really? but I'll pump his tires. No, he was legit, like legit one of the best players in the league. So a really good athlete. I've never seen him skate. Can you skate? I'm just learning now to, to skate. So going forwards, I'm good. If you want me to stop, I'm going to run through you because I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't really stop yet. But I am, I'm getting the fundamentals. I've, I've got some good little coaches uh, working with me daily, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be in the Oilers practice squad real soon. How come you never asked me to teach you? I made teach. I said I had some good coaches. That was the. <laughs> that was the Hi yo. <laughs> Hopefully, no one in Kung Pao is listening to this right now. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, like what do people even follow? Like, are there games on TV in Australia? Could I? Could we tune into the game of the week? Yeah, they do play. They do play a couple of games on uh, on cable TV. Yeah, it's not a lot, and it was never the Oilers when I was back living in Australia. So they, they only have the, the big teams, you know, the ones that people know, like the, the Rangers and, and the and the Pens and stuff like that. But it's it's growing steadily. It is it is a growing sport in Australia. Because, I mean, for us, it's it's unique, right? These You guys can zip around on the ice yeah. like it's just so fluid. And although you may look at us kicking a football and think, wow, that's pretty foreign, watching guys zip around on skates is, is, is a unique experience for sure. Now, when you talk to people back home, are the orders suddenly on the radar because of Connor McDavid? Well, my, my father-in-law is now a massive Oilers fan. And he, he, really? like, like Friday night, he's, he's texting me going, you know what, this, this Calgary game's huge. We've got to, we've got to beat these guys Saturday. If we just, it's a four-point game. I'm like, how does he know this stuff? Now, what about as far as that, you know, like you talked about the AFL. What is the difference between that, that the atmosphere at one of those games as compared to an AHL game you've been to? Well, I mean, it's tough to compare because if you if you look at an AFL game, the, the average crowd's between forty to a hundred thousand people. Really? Yeah, I mean, the stadiums are pretty big, right? It's a bit, it's a big, it's a big ground. Uh, comparing it to Rogers, well, it's very stark because I mean, the library compared to an AFL game yeah. is is very different. I mean, looking at TV, you see some of those crowds in Chicago and Nashville and things like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty high amperage, and uh, and and Australia can compare pretty strongly with that for sure. 
forty to a hundred thousand fans. They're wow. going bananas, and the game itself. Now, Josh, what position were you when you played in the AFL? Well, I was, I was a defensive player, so I was a I was a back pocket towards the end of my career. I started on the wing because I was a bit quick and and could zip around. But uh, yeah, defensive player mostly. So when you were on the wing, though, like, does that mean you scored? Yeah, 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 definitely scored. I mean, the, the wing means you just got to keep trudging from one end to the other all day, and, and you've got to have some miles in your legs. Um, but yeah, definitely can get on the scoreboard. You can get on the scoreboard from back pocket if you if you really try hard enough. I wasn't too good at it towards the end of my career, but uh, yeah, there is the ability to score no matter where you are on the field. So compare it for Canadian listeners, AFL to rugby. How similar are they? How different are they? Well, I mean, they're, they're very different. I mean, rugby, although it looks kind of a bit messy, is, is a bit more structured. AFL is just a game of organized chaos uh, where you're just running around chasing a, a, a ball and trying to hit as many people as you can along the way. Because huh. I watch AFL, I see the highlights, and that's when the guy's up in the air to go get the ball and somebody just runs across and KOs him. And I'm yeah. just like, what? Like, what's the rules? Like, what aren't you allowed to do? Well, I mean, it's, it's funny. when You can't hit above the head and you can't hit below the knees. So there's no tripping and there's no high shots. But, I mean, listening to what you guys were talking about before, there's an element of self-policing that happens in, uh, in AFL that, that, that Johnny Goodrow could definitely take into his own hands on, on the ice. So, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's no holds barred. If the ball's within five metres, you can do whatever you want to do any bloke around you. Do you wear a cup? You don't wear a cup, and that are you can, crazy? That can that can uh, well. I mean, it, it, blokes are running sixteen k's a game, right? If you were trying to run around with a cup, it's going to get a bit awkward and a bit a uh, bit frictiony down there. So uh, there's yeah, there's definitely some incidents where uh, a good hit to the cojones can uh, can leave you a bit impeded for the rest of the game. You're so crazy. Were there guys who were cheap shotting purposely trying to take you out in the nards? And if so, did they gain a reputation? And would guys just police themselves with the retro? refs watch for that or were shots below the belts allowed no there's i mean especially if there's a big pack forming and, uh, and guys are scrounging for the ball there's definitely uh i mean we call it the squirrel grip where guys are just grabbing nuts um <laughs> it does it does occur on occasion and you don't want to be known as a guy that does do that but it, it can happen on occasion it's called a what a squirrel squirrel grab it's squirrel grip Squirrel grip, so you, someone would reach over and just grab another guy's nuts. Well, not, not intentionally, but when you're reaching for the ball and there's a big pack, I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, look, everyone gets handsy from time to time. <laughs> the squirrel grip. I got to use that one. I like it. grabbing nuts. That's unbelievable. I could imagine if I was in a pack and some other guy grabbed my package. Well, I'd you'd be... get pretty excited. Probably be your first well, no. thing. How's it going over there? What's I mean, happening? He'd have to have pretty big hands, I guess. I mean, oh, <laughs> there's a reason your wife's five foot one, so, small hands. So, are, are AFL players quite big? Like, you're how tall are you? Like five ten? Uh, no, I'm uh, just shy of six foot. Yeah, so five eleven and a bit. Um, the average footballer ranges. Uh, from, I mean, there's guys out there that are five eight, five nine. Um, that we've got a seven foot player in the AFL, seven feet yeah, tall. Yeah, so there's a range of positions that allows for different physiques and abilities wow. and things like that. But you've got to be able to run. You've got to be able to run all day, and uh, and give and take a hit. That's kind of the, the big uh, elements. Well, the one thing we've seen lately though is a lot of AFL kickers getting some opportunities in the NFL. Yeah. Because they're specialists, especially for punting. And, yeah. you know, the guys, because in the AFL, that's when you bounce the ball and then kick it on the run, yeah. which is something you can do in the NFL. No one's good enough to do it. Are you surprised you haven't seen more guys come over? Well, I mean, there is a trend now in Australia where there's academies popping up specifically for this reason. Really? Um, one, because punting is, is, is such an easy thing for us to kind of do and, and, and to kick a ball 50, 55 yards with some decent hang times. 
not the most difficult of tasks. But <laughs> there's also, I mean, amongst the rugby community, there, there's a big push to try and find the next running back. I mean, we saw Jared Hayne, who was a, a rugby league player, um, make his way over to San Francisco and, and, uh, and played a few games with them. Um, so there is a there is a push to try and find that that next big talent in the in the big pool of Australia. Do you think it translates so going from rugby or AFL over to the NFL? Similar? Well, I guess, and you'd understand this strides. It's professional sports, right? If you know how to live in that environment and how yeah. to you know kind of control your lifestyle and, and and have your mind focused on one task, yeah, definitely it translates for sure. What about on the field? On the field, it's probably a bit tougher. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if you listen to the interviews with Jared Hayne, the, the rugby league player, he he found trying to learn the playbook one of the most difficult things because yeah. his style in rugby league was to give me the ball and I'll try and figure something out yeah. from there. Where you can't really do that in NFL, but that's why punting's easy for for Aussie rules footballers because you just get the ball thrown at you and then you kick it as far as you, and high as you can and then run off. Huh. Are there many non Aussies in the in the league in the AFL? There's uh, there's a growing number Irish. Is a, is a growing number for sure. I mean, they've got a game, Gaelic football, which is a kind yeah. of similar but a round ball. And they like to go in and, and, and crash and bang as well. So they, they, <laughs> they are definitely infiltrating. We did have a Canadian for uh, for a little while. He's retired now. He was one of the one of the taller guys. He was about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and, uh, and, and won a premiership for the Sydney Swans. But yeah, we're, we're, there's definitely a push. I mean, you, you talk about going to China. We've been running academies in China and Europe and, uh, really? and all around the world trying to find the next, uh, the next big thing in, in Aussie rules. Are there because Canada is getting better now in rugby's, especially in rugby yeah. sevens for men. Uh, women, of course, have dominated for for quite some time uh, on the international scene. Are you seeing any more Canadians take up AFL and come over, and, and or even do you have camps in Canada for AFL? Yeah, there's definitely camps. I mean, there's a there's a team in Edmonton, uh, the, the the Edmonton Wombats. Uh, I'll be hanging out with them uh, for Australia Day uh, on Wednesday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Australia Days this right. Wednesday? Yeah. What what is Australia? Yeah. It's like Canada Day. What happens? What's the party? What do you guys do? Yeah, well, essentially, uh, I mean, it's it's Thursday in Australia, but we'll be celebrating yeah. it Wednesday here because they're they're ahead. Um, I'm often reaching out to my friends to get the uh, the lottery tickets because I know they're in the future and they can get me a good winner. Uh, they're, they're <laughs> being a day ahead, yeah. The Australia Day is going to be on the Thursday, so we uh, we're going to have a party at the Pint on, uh, on on Wednesday night. Australia Day, much like Canada Day, it's just uh, it's just a lot hotter because it's summer in Australia right now. So what do you like? What's something can I expect? Would it be a, a Foster's brew and some uh, well, <laughs> kangaroo feet, or what do you? What's Foster's is probably the most hated beer by Australians. Really? Well, because it's because everyone thinks that's all we drink, but no one drinks Foster's. I, really? I remember I took a six pack of Foster's to a toga party in university, and uh, and nearly got laughed out of the party, and I thought I was cool. So <laughs> no one drinks Foster's, but they'll be serving Coopers and uh, and Bundaberg rum and coke and uh, and chicken parmas, which is a which is a, a classic Aussie meal and a chicken parm like chicken chicken parm? parmigiana, yeah, yeah. Isn't but, that Italian? Well, it, it, it's an Australian twist, and it's massive in uh, in in, in bar, bars and pubs in Australia. So. Uh, uh, well, what's the twist? Well, you guys, you guys do it weird here. You guys don't have ham, the t- tomato paste, and then the, the cheese on top. Yeah. You guys don't do the ham, do you? I don't think so. Not yeah. that I'm. Not many people do. No, but I've had it. It's unbelievable. I've had the Aussie oh, version really? of chicken parm. Yeah, it's fantastic. So the only twist is you put ham between the chicken and well, the and cheese, and, 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 and it's got a certain element of Aussie love. I suppose that's the other you, uh, secret ingredient. Well, you're talking it up like it's something totally different. Well, it's, just ham. it's well, I've tried to have a chicken parm. I went to the spaghetti factory, or whatever it's called, and had a chicken parmigiana, and was walked away quite uh, unsatisfied. <laughs> so the ham separates it, is what you're well, telling I, me. But, but, but buddy, ham is a, just a game changer in all aspects. 
It's true, though. When you think about what you're raised on, Strud, certain yeah, expectations, sure. right? It's yeah. like bacon, right? If You can yeah. have good bacon. And then even in Canada, you can have bad bacon. It's very you simple, can. right? It's so rare, but yeah. You, there's certain delicacies. I'm not sure there's many great Canadian delicacies, but it's like a simple one is beer and clam. And when you go to the States and, and they want right. to give you, you know, they want to make a Caesar and they make a Bloody Mary and you almost right. puke in your mouth, right? right? It's disgusting as far as what I'm expecting right, right. for a, a Caesar. Whereas Americans, they're like, what? What's this Clamato garbage? They, right. they think it's from the sea, so they don't want it. No, it makes sense. Okay, I have to. I have to try the uh, this this radically improved uh, version of the chicken parm. Dude, you're you're going. Do you know where you're going? You're going to uh, like. What are you going to eat over there? Well, Hong Kong. There's going to be a lot of food. There's a basically. Yeah. Well, trust me. It's going to be. You're not going to be going there and getting a. Hey, can I have a BLT? Well, no. Are you, are you familiar with the chicken parm from Australia? <laughs> oh, you mean the one with the ham? Yeah, we have that here. A lot of FL guys come up. <laughs> well, they might. They might do it. No, I think when we get to Beijing, it's going to be a whole different setup. I mean, so now, who do the Wombats play if there's only one team in, in Edmonton? Do they, do they have competition or do they just play with themselves? Well, I mean, that's a poor choice of words. But yeah, they do play <laughs> weekly games amongst each other. Uh, and then there's tournaments throughout the year. And I mean, obviously, the teams from Whistler and Banff are the, are the most strong, as, as far as I'm told. Uh, just because of the Aussie influence. But, uh, yeah, mostly it's expats Australians that just want to play on a field and, and get a kick and, uh, and have a bit of a bump around. So do you come around out of retirement and lace them up for the Wombats? No, I, I, haven't, I haven't laced them up. I mean, my hips are, uh, are pretty pretty shot now from a, from a fairly long career in sports. So uh, I haven't laced them up and I haven't even gone down to watch them. So I'm a bad AFL supporter in Canada, it's fair to say. I'm ice hockey now. It's, it's, it's Oilers or nothing. When you walk around, do people like, oh, here he comes? Here comes the man. <laughs> no, they do not. They don't. Greg, Greg's talks it up. I, I, I played low-level state league football. So, I mean, it's it's the level under the AFL. Well, Wanya talked about like, hey, we got this yeah. buddy. He's a professional over there. So, yeah. you know, Wanya has a tendency to exaggerate. Well, yeah, it's, it's I mean, like, he was giving us some alternative facts, evidently. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the AHL equivalent. So, I yeah. didn't make it to the big dance. I got close, but okay. I didn't make it to the big okay. dance. Didn't you get called up a few times? No, I, I played in their reserves team a couple oh. of times. Um and did very very well, but they just didn't want to take me on the ride. I know what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> well, Joshua, we appreciate you joining yes. us, getting a little uh, AFL interest, uh, the Aussie look at hockey. Uh, Father-in-law's in Aussie now; yeah. he's a huge Oilers fan, huge hockey fan. So that's fantastic. Struds, yes, get back in one piece, and uh, hopefully we will connect uh, next week on the Real Life Podcast from. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. I'll be there, Hong Kong. I'll be getting. I'm gonna get a, a Chinese traditional Chinese garb. I'm gonna get a suit made uh, very uh, flat, like the emperor's. So robes. You're, you're gonna get a suit that fits. This will be an awesome new trend in the, uh, the Strudwick the, fashion world. This will well, be outstanding. You finally get rid of the one you've been wearing well, since high school. I've requested the lime green clothes that you wear all the yeah, time. But you know what's funny though? I'm curious. When you go into a tailor in Hong Kong, yes. the first thing he's gonna say is. Well, we don't have orangutan arm suits, right? It's like, it's going to be very weird. Like, because imagine if you and Wanye went in together. They'd be like, well, what sleeves can we get? We got the orangutan and we got the alligator arms here. This would be unbelievable. Like, I would love to see the tailor's face when he stands there to see you wow. and he sees that your hands are tickling your knees when you're getting fitted. Well, what I'll do, I'll get a suit made for Wanya. I'll just cut his off at the elbows and I'll put that extra material on mine. <laughs> Sorry, Wanya. You know what's true? You do have short arms. I know it bothers you. But at least the more we say, I think he gets over it, right? Yeah, that- totally. I, I think that's usually how it works, right? <laughs> if somebody has an insecurity, if you keep reminding of it, eventually they get secure about it.
That's kind of hockey culture. Struts will be teaching yeah. the kids in Kung Pao that yeah. about hockey be, culture. Making fun of eight-year-olds. Uh, go after their insecurities. I'll be well received there for sure. Well, maybe you'll even see some uh, finning tractors over there and big yeah. loaders. You'll yeah. never know. And I, I'm guessing they, they're worldwide. They're international. Why not? One they'll of the be best there. companies in the world. You'd think they are. If anything, you should take a calendar over there. I'll look for them. Yeah. The whole time. Well, you should bring one of your fitting calendars just I to will. give to the kids. Maybe I will, just to uh, show them these the are the months where you play hockey. Right. This is what we do, and uh, I'm Mr. F. What did I decide it was? February? No. I don't know July. what you are here. Uh, you're something. I think I said February. I think you're Mr. BS, <laughs> is what you are. Uh, Joshua, thanks Thank for you. joining us. Stay yep. in the Real Life Podcast. Yep. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. On behalf of Struds, I'm Gregor. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>